all morning, I've had this feeling that I need God. I just need Him today. Now, it's not like any other day. I just feel more today like I just need God's help. How about you? Lord, we come into your presence today, which, oh, we take that for granted so much. What an awesome privilege it is to sit in your presence. And Lord, the closer we get to you, the more we realize how much we need you. Lord, we need you today. There's people here, sitting here, Lord, that are in desperate need of a special touch from you. I pray that that would happen in their lives today. Lord, there are times when I stand here that I feel so unworthy. I feel so weak. But, Lord, I'm confident when I know and realize that you are strong. So, Lord, we just rest in you today. We need you these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we continue in our journey through 1 John. 1 John, you know, is that New Testament letter toward the back of the New Testament. If you get to the maps, you've gone too far. You just need to go back a little ways, and you'll find 1 John back there toward the back somewhere. This is our second week in our seven-week series, Journey Through 1 John. Last week, we started our journey in the first four verses of John, 1 John chapter 1. In those first four verses, among other things, John said, God is life. God is life, John said. That life appeared in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth. Jesus said when He was here, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ became our example for life, but He also became the giver of new life by His death and resurrection and by the grace of God. When that life is flowing through you and me, John says, we have fellowship with God and with each other. Sweet, precious fellowship. Now John moves today, when we're, what the scripture verses we're going to deal with today, John moves to one of his main points in the whole letter, his key points in the whole letter. <clears throat> this morning, if I could... I would just plaster up here on the front, just plaster all over the front. Or maybe, even better, I would get this big banner. I mean the biggest banner you've ever seen in your life. I'd get this little plane, and I'd have it fly around Fort Wayne pulling this banner. That banner would be so big that the plane almost can't pull it. And on that big banner, or plastered across the front, I would write these words, God is light. God is light. 
That's John's message for us today. This is the message, John says, we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. Now, the verses of Scripture we are going to deal with this morning, look at this morning, are powerful and packed full of meaning. And if we let God use these verses to speak to our hearts this morning... It just might be that God would transform us into the likeness of His Son. Or that God just might, if we let Him use these verses as we go through them today, He just might help us understand a little better what it means to be a follower of Christ. And we all, we all need that. I want to ask you to do something for me this morning as we begin. Would you just say a little prayer? I want you just to say a little prayer for yourself this morning. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to ask God this morning, Father, transform me today. Or maybe it would be more appropriate for you to say, Father, set me free. Now I want you all to pray that. I don't care how young or how old you are, I want you to pray that. I'm going to give you a minute. I want you to pray, Father, transform me today or set me free, whatever, whatever it works for you. Let's pray together. Father, I say amen to all these prayers that are going up now to you. I pray on behalf of my brothers and sisters. I pray on behalf of myself, Lord. Transform us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Follow along, if you will, as I read these incredible words in 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message... We have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from every sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. Let's go on to verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. God is light. Now, the Bible often refers to God as light. The psalmist says God wraps himself in light as with a garment. In Daniel, he says light dwells in him. 
Habakkuk says his splendor is like the sunrise, rays flashed from his hand. James calls God the Father of heavenly lights. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. God is light. Now, this light is not one of his characteristics like God is omnipresent. God is light. It is part of his, it is his essence. It's like God is love. God is light. It, it just emanates from him. Jesus says, or, or I'm sorry, John says that Christ followers walk in the light. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from every sin. God is light. God's children, who are faithful followers, walk in the light of a holy God. Day by day, moment by by moment, this all-consuming, this all-illuminating light of God. What does it mean to follow Christ? That's the question this morning. And the answer is, walk in the light. I will ask the question, you give the answer. What does it mean to follow Christ? Wow, you're better in the first service. I had to I had to coach them. When I do this, that's your cue. What does it mean to walk in the light? I mean, what does it mean to follow <laughs> What does it mean to follow Christ? Absolutely, very good. I think we've got it. In this passage of Scripture this morning, John tells us what happens when we walk in the light. John is very clear about this. When you, follower of Christ, when you walk in the light, this is what happens. When we walk in the light, darkness is dispelled. Verses 5 and 6. Verse 5 says, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6 says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. So when we, as followers of Christ, walk in the light, darkness is dispelled. Darkness in us and darkness in the people that we hang around. Because this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. When we walk in the light, darkness is dispelled. One writer put it this way. To have communion or fellowship with Him who is light, it is impossible to continually live a life of darkness. When we walk in the light of a holy God, it dispels the darkness. Walking in the light exposes darkness. Walking in the light destroys darkness. In God's Word, another way to describe darkness is disobedience, for example. Walking in darkness, 
walking in disobedience, or even sin. Walking in darkness, walking in sin. Look with me at Ephesians quickly, Ephesians chapter 5. Turn back a little bit to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 starts out with these four words. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Then in verse 3... Excuse me, verse 3 and following, this is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. But among you, there must not be even a hint, hello, even a hint of sexual immorality. Let me ask you a question before I continue. Does a hint of sexual immorality include what we watch on TV? What do you think? Does it include... What we go to see at the movie house? Would it or could it include what pops up on our computer? Would a hint of sexual immorality include some lifestyle choices that we might make? What do you think? You see, when we walk in the light, the holy light of God, there's not even a hint of that. In our lives. Somebody say amen. Wow, that's too heavy, Pastor Chuck. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people who walk in the light. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which is out of place. Let me ask you this. I'll be honest. Don't, don't say it out loud. Think in your mind. When's the last time you cussed somebody out? When's the last time you got mad and just cussed them out? Follower of Christ. How about this? When's the last time somebody did something you didn't like and you just flipped them off? Follower of Christ. When's the last time you did that? You see... When we walk in the light, the holy light of God, we don't do that kind of stuff. No immoral, for this can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person such as a man, such a man is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such thing God's wrath comes to those who are disobedient, or who walk in darkness, or who walk in sin. Therefore do not be partners with them. Then Paul says in verse 8 and following, for you were once darkness. You were once living there. So was I. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live then as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Light exposes darkness. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. And you know that's true. 
There's some pretty bad stuff going on around us. There's some pretty vile, evil things happening around us. And God's holy people should have nothing to do with it. Go on, Pastor Chuck. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 13. But everything, um, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. You see, brothers and sisters... God is light, and his people are to walk daily in the light. When the Bible talks about walking, for example, in the light, it means daily living, walking step by step, walking in the light. It's my lifestyle, it's my, it's my habit, it's my lifestyle to live in the light of God 24-7. Well, okay, you turn the light off when you go to bed. But you, you just live in God's light. And it exposes darkness. When we walk in the light, darkness is exposed. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His powerful light. What does it mean to follow Christ? Okay, 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 go ahead. Right. Here we go again. I, I, that snuck up on you, all right. What does it mean to follow Christ? Amen. Very good, very good. When we walk in the light, darkness is dispelled. Secondly, John says, when we walk in the light, we enjoy sweet fellowship. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now he's talking again about what he started talking about in the first four verses, chapter 1, verse 3, for example, says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship that is desired. Fellowship that only comes when brothers and sisters together walk in the light. You can mark this down. You can mark it down and quote me if you want. If there is, if there is a festering issue in the church, mark it down. Somebody is not walking in the light. When people in the body of Christ all together are walking in the light as He is in the light, if we are walking in the light, there is this sweet fellowship that happens. Is it perfect fellowship? No, there's glitches along the way. There's bumps in the road along the way. But when we walk in the light, we work all that out. If there's a festering, long-standing issue in the church, shame on somebody. You're not walking in the light. When we walk in the light... John says, we enjoy sweet 
fellowship. It's this cyclical fellowship, if you will. It starts with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit. It comes down and it envelops us and, and we live in sweet fellowship together and it goes back up to the Father and it just keeps coming and going and it's sweet fellowship that draws us into the body of Christ and helps us to love one another. Look how they love one another. Walk in the light. Someone called light God's atmosphere. (laughs) I like that. And in that atmosphere is this sweet, precious fellowship. Ah. So sweet, so precious, that I love being around you folks. Because you bring out the best in me. You encourage me in my faith. You build me up in my life. You do that. The body of Christ, it's a sweet fellowship. If there's any tearing down going on around here or in the body of Christ, mark it down. Somebody is not walking in the light. Amen. What does it mean to follow Christ? Walk in the light. Thirdly, when we walk in the light, John says, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, purifies us from every sin. God sent His Son to save the world. Save you, save me, save the world. Do we believe that Jesus can do what He he was sent to do? Do we believe that? The old timers used to say this. He was saved to the uttermost. Remember that? Saved to the uttermost. Jesus Christ, when He comes, when we walk in the light, He purifies us from every sin. Here's how it works. We're walking along step by step, day by day. We're walking along in the light of God. It's shining in us. It's exposing the darkness. It's 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 shining on me and in me and through me 24-7. And I see something that I hadn't seen before. God shines light in a part of my life. And He says to me, I've got to have God take care of that. I've got to allow God by His grace to take care of that. And I just fall on my knees right then. I fall on my knees and I say, God, please Save me again from this. Please set me free from this, whatever it is. Please, God, forgive me. Or whatever it takes, I just pray that. And He forgives me and I keep walking in the light and I didn't miss a beat. Walking in the light. When we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from every sin. The blood of Jesus purifies us in a moment and continuously through our lives as we walk in the light. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Walk in the light. Remember that song, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. When we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus purifies us 
from every sin. Finally, when we walk in the light, <clears throat> fasten your seatbelts here. When we walk in the light, we can have victory over sin. When we walk in the light, brothers and sisters, listen now, mark it down, this is true, we can have victory over sin. Well, wait a minute, minute, Pastor Chuck. Verse 8 says that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Verse 10 says if we claim to have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. Romans chapter 3 says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's true, that's all true, and it's all, all, everything's true. But verse 9 says... If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. In chapter 2, verse 1, John says, I write this to you, my dear children, so that you will not sin. Apparently, according to John, there's this possibility somewhere, somehow there's this possibility to have victory over sin. There's a possibility for us, for you, and for me to live in this life more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ my Lord. There is a possibility in this life for me to live a life that is free from sin. Chapter 3 in 1 John, verse 6 says this, chapter 3, just over a page. It says, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. Chapter 3, verse 9 says this, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Whoo, my head is spinning. To sin or not to sin, that is the question. My head is spinning. Theologians have argued about this for centuries. What do do we care? I mean, what, what is it for us this morning? What do we take away from this? Simply this. Walk in the light. Turn your back on sin and walk in the light. You see, when a person walks in the life, when the person is walking in the light, sin is not inevitable, but it is an ever-present possibility. Of course it is. Of course you can sin. Yes, you can. You can be entirely sanctified. You can sin. Yes, you can. You never get to the place where you can't sin. But we should get to the place where we don't sin. When we walk in the light. You mean, Pastor Chuck, we're perfect? Well, no. I mean, yet we make mistakes. We mess up. We fall. Even if we sin, John says, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Who is, who is making, making intercession for us for the Father. We're walking in the light. And we have a weak moment or whatever you call it and we sin. What do we do? What do we do? We either jump out of the light into the darkness because I'm going to hide it or we keep walking in the light and say, Father, forgive me. And Jesus Christ, our advocate, pleads our case to the Father and we're forgiven. Brothers and sisters, We can live a life free from sin right here on this earth. Yes, we can. You know what the problem is? The problem is too many followers, okay, too many people who claim to follow Christ are still living in the shadows. You see, too many people who claim to live with Christ are still messing around with some addiction that's kind of secret. 
or too many people that claim to be Christ followers are still holding on to their stuff and they're not being generous and giving God what's due Him? Or too many people are living with a spirit of unforgiveness in their lives. They're claiming to be a follower of Christ. But they're living with this unforgiving spirit in their life. Of course these people are going to say you can't live without sin in this life. Because they're not walking in the light. Brothers and sisters. I serve a God who can set you free. I serve a God, I don't know about you, but I serve a God who can set you free from what is oppressing you right now. He can. When we walk in the light, we can have victory over sin. You don't have to live a defeated life. You can be set free by the blood of Jesus. And it can happen today. Look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Do we have that? Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, He is able to save completely. There's that save to the uttermost. He's been able to save completely those who come to God through Him because He always lives to intercede for them. Some of you, some of you, in your Christian walk, you get so far and you hit the wall and you quit. You hit the wall and you say, whatever that wall is for you, and you stop back. You hit the wall. This is your Christian life. This is your Christian life. One time after another, this is your Christian life. You're walking with God. You get to that wall, whatever that is, and you don't go any further because you will not walk in the light and let God destroy this evil in your life. My God can destroy that and set you free. And you can (laughs) walk in the light. What does it mean to follow Christ? Walk in the light. Father, I wish you'd give me, Lord, all the answers. I've prayed for them, but you haven't seen fit to give them all to me yet. But Lord, I've learned this this week. This week I've learned this. That you long for us to exist moment by moment in the light. You long for your children to live in such a way that you can shed light on a part of our lives that you've been wanting to work on for years. You want us to walk honestly and openly and sincerely in the light. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning that you would help all of us to step into the light. I pray that it would happen this morning. Perhaps as we continue to pray, there's somebody here that would like to come and pray and ask the Lord to transform them, to set them free. Perhaps you'd like to pray on behalf of someone else. There are many requests that we want to bring to the Lord here in closing. One of them is for our country. Forty-four days from now, there's an election in this altar right here, this section of altar right here. If anybody wants to come and specifically pray for our country, we will be doing this each week as we ask God for His guidance 
in our upcoming election. But we also pray that God would help us walk in the light. So as we bow for prayer, come at this time if you have a need, if you want to pray on behalf of someone else or for our country. Lord Lord we bow before you this morning humbly asking you to expose the darkness in us and around us we fall on our faces before you Lord and Father this morning I pray for Mike Falls and his son Chris as they are, as they are grieving the loss of Margaret ask Lord you'd be with them especially today and tomorrow Father, I want to pray for Julie Sadison today. I pray for your touch on her body. I pray for Jack and Nancy Reeder. I ask, Lord, that you would touch their bodies. Would you answer prayer in their lives, Lord, these precious ones? Lord, I just also pray for our Upwards program. I ask, Lord, you prepare young hearts this week. And be with each coach as he presents the gospel. I pray, Lord, that it would be a powerful moment. And, Lord, I pray that you'd be with our country these days. I ask, Lord, that you would lead us. In fact, I pray that a great revival would break out across our land. I ask, Lord, that you would move the hearts of the people and we would listen and obey. I pray, Lord, today for President Obama. I ask, Lord, that you'd protect him. I pray also that you'd speak to him, Lord. Move his heart, Father. I pray for our governor and our mayor and all those that serve us, Lord. I ask that you would be close to them. I pray for our military personnel. The list is here in the bulletin, Lord. You know each name. We thank you that Carol Carver is home safely. We ask that your protection would rest on all the others, Lord. We pray that you continue to be with Lori Howlett's family and the loss of this young man in Afghanistan. Father, pray for our missionaries, the, Ray, the, Reed, the, the Wades and the Riggins and the Walkers and the Webbers and the Seidels. We ask, Lord, you'd be with them right now wherever they are, Lord. Meet their need. Pray for our families, Lord, all of them. We ask that you would bring us all closer to you so that we can be the Christian families that you would be pleased with and that you can use in this community to lift up Christ. Father, all my brothers and sisters that are here today, would you help them to seek you with all their hearts, love you more than they've ever loved you before, and to walk in the light. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And all the people said, Amen. God bless you.